Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. Uh, as we finally get back from a, a small, uh, began as an unexpected hiatus, and it's just the things of summer, from uh, uh, from sickness to a vacations to uh, things are thrown in, in between. It is the, uh, the dog days of summer, as they say, and things have been pretty active in all sorts of different ways. Uh, we now are reaching the halfway point in the season. Uh, halfway is never defined as 81 games. It's defined as the all-star break. So we're technically always a little bit over the half, but that's always the reassess time. Uh, how have things gone? Uh, some teams slid into the all-star break and it couldn't come fast enough. Others were sprinting into it and uh, feeling better about themselves than maybe they were a week ago. Uh, and uh, everything in between. So it's been kind of a, an interesting final week leading up to this. Uh, and what you're now going to see on a lot of uh, uh, Major League Baseball media uh, across the board is uh, it's assessment time. It's getting a chance to... Two weeks till the trade deadline. And then there's that. Right. So that's why the reassessing now, how have things gone? Has it gone according to plan? Has it not in a good way or not in a bad way? And how will that shape? Again, tonight is the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, and as far as front offices go, this was the big thing leading up to it. After today, it begins the two-week conversations on an assessment on what do we need, what is truly out there, what are we willing to pay. So the hot stove will fire up immediately tomorrow uh, in the process with it. We won't hear much about it for the next couple of days with the All-Star break, but front offices will already begin their internal assessment uh, more in-depth on that and starting to make decisions on the directions they want to go. So we're at a pivot point uh, in the Major League Baseball season. What we're going to do is talk about the uh, power rankings. We're going to give you a midway point of uh, where we where we see uh, the baseball landscape. Uh, and uh, we have some fun categories uh, to uh, put that together with those power rankings uh, of grouping things together. I was saying before we got started that uh, this was a year, if we're just doing broad uh, broad brush for baseball as a whole, uh, that is very easy to to lump together teams. Things become very natural and how that fits. So we'll take a look at that here and, and kind of get you uh, recapped on uh, the midway point of the baseball season. But before we dive any further, uh, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for baseball games, movies of choice, and anything in between during the dog days of summer. Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, it has been uh, a solid start to the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... You mentioned the sickness. I, I missed a week with COVID, so I have I had a chance to actually experiment with some some more fun popcorns, and a couple of them just did not turn out the way I wanted. Uh, so those are back on the drawing board. Uh, I'm still working on that heater one, and I think I'm getting closer. As far as this week's concerned, I'm going to actually go talk to some local businesses about selling our popcorn. So I don't know if I'll get any experimenting done this week, but that's the plan for this week. But yeah, keep coming out. We've Thursday now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and yeah, we'd love to see people. The uh, the Popcorn Emporium begins its regional push. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, I, exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that stage, and then it goes from regional uh, to still global. Gotta still got to work on that uh, online so that, that's, thing. Uh, yeah. so that's still, still going to be there done. by the end of the, the, the baseball season. Could be. Uh, and uh, 
and then we'll see what the what the lab churns out uh, for some of the uh, the, the varieties that uh, come from that. So uh, whether you need the as again, especially the way that we're. Uh, 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 titled here uh we're all about the classic we're all about give us the heater uh and so uh same thing the the classics are good that's what's the the tried and true so just for being a fan or favorite of uh just good popcorn cheese corn and to some of the other uh delectables in between uh definitely come uh, check it out and enjoy some uh, uh some good stuff to uh have for summer snacking that's right yeah come check us out anytime please well, let's dive into it. Uh, we have uh, a very easy top category. Uh, you can make an argument of, of top two or top three, uh, depending upon how you're doing that. But what we're going to do for this is uh, uh, I'll let you uh, give the, the names for the categories that you came up with. And again, we did this by uh, doing separate lists uh, and then just getting a chance to bounce off each other uh, to see how close we come in, in agreement uh, to that. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off? So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight categories. Favorites. Those will be the teams that we think can win it all, at least based off the first half. I have really good teams. There are a couple there that I don't quite consider favorites, but they're still really good teams. There's good teams with flaws. These are the teams that you mentioned. That we'd mentioned the trade deadline's coming, two weeks. Bill a flaw. Maybe you move up into at least the really good and possibly even a favorite, but you've got a, a clear weakness right now. Pleasant surprises. There's a couple of those right now. Teams going in opposite directions. There are some teams that are achieving better than I thought they would. There are some teams that should be doing a lot better than they are based on the talent they have. So those teams going together. Bad teams, but generally not embarrassments. Those are some of the teams that we thought might not be might not be very good, but they've held their own. And then there's five teams that I would say anyone could be argued as the worst team in baseball. So those are the categories we have. I think we should go from the bottom up. I like it, and uh, it makes it easier because when we get there to – uh, teams doing uh, exceeding expectations or underperforming. Uh, there's one team that I, I think we I want to uh, uh, file a full criminal complaint against for crimes against humanity, uh, okay. and we'll we'll get to I that. Can't one. Wait to hear that one. Okay, so if we're going any, this is my bottom category. Any of these could be argued as the worst team in baseball. Officially, I had to put someone at the bottom. I put the Oakland Athletics. I put the Oakland Athletics. It's one of the two worst offenses in baseball, and we. Sort of expected that, so this is not all that far out of what we expected. Now we're here two weeks away. We expect Frankie Montas is gone in two weeks, correct? Correct. I expect Jose Trevino, or Lou Trevino, if they can find someone for him, is gone in two weeks. I expect Ramon Laureano is probably gone in two weeks. And if they can find a taker for Paul Blackburn, he's probably gone in two weeks. And, and that's why they are clearly the, 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 the team at the bottom, because n- not only are they still selling, but what's the piece that you're building around yet? Could you say that they have on their major league roster a cornerstone piece uh, that you're building around? Uh, if, if you had it, you already traded it. Uh, that's that's where they are right now. So uh, at this stage, this is the as bad as it gets mode when you're doing renovations, when things look absolutely terrible right now before you put one new thing up uh, and start nailing things back together. That's where Oakland is. There's not a single, single shred of say, yay, this is what we're building towards, which is what makes them different from the team that I have next. The team I have next is the Kansas City Royals. And I just put, unlike Oakland, there are at least some positives to take going forward. They have Bobby Witt Jr., who looks pretty good. He looks like he could be a 2020 player. He's only hitting about 240 last I checked, but he's 22 years old. I think he's going to be very talented. Vinny Pasquantino's up. He The stats don't look great, but if you look under the, da- like under the stats, he's hitting the ball extraordinarily hard and just getting very unlucky. 
but their sell-off is coming too. We, we actually saw them make a trade a couple of days ago. They traded up. Now with the new CBA, you can trade compensatory picks, and they traded compensatory picks and got back. Basic, the main part of the package was Drew Waters from Atlanta, and he was a pretty highly regarded center field prospect a couple years ago, but Michael Harris looks awesome in center field for the Braves, so he becomes expendable. But that means that in the next two weeks, I, I think we both expect Andrew Benatendi to be gone. Now we just learned that he's a lot of the Royals are unvaccinated, so that eliminates part of his market. But Andrew Benatendi we expect gone. Bobby Witt, or excuse me, Whit Merrifield, gone or not gone? It's hardest. They've had uh, uh, a massive appreciation uh, for Merrifield. And understandable, but he's no longer been performing, at least his first half of the year, the way that he has in, in other years. So I I don't know if there's much incentive to move him uh, because I don't know if you're going to get much of anything for him at this stage, uh, which probably means that as backwards has been, that makes him a prime candidate to be moved. I think Michael Taylor gets traded. I don't think he's a whole lot. I think he's probably a fourth outfielder. Zach Greinke? Only to a team that, like, that's going to be a selective group. So it has to be a place that he wants to go and is going to be good with him. How about uh, Houston again? Could see it. Uh, Just to add a sixth arm. There's there's some some teams where I think there's a potential fit for it where it would work. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, his numbers haven't been, like, eye-popping, but better, it's been better than... It's been better the last month, too, if you've watched him. He... he his velocity is a little higher than it was earlier in the year. I watched a start of him early July, I think, and it it looked more like Zach. And he was never he never threw hard, right? So it was never he thought he was going to age well. And I think he will at least give you serviceable innings, right? Correct. Down the stretch. He's a guy that if you're looking for a fourth starter uh, on a playoff team, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good fit. And then the last one I just mentioned is possibly being traded is Brad Keller. He's had stretches of being pretty good. He kind of relies on a heavy sinker. So once again. Back-end starter on a playoff team, maybe. But I put Kansas City 29. There is still some hope. Now remember, I picked this team to go to the playoffs just two years ago. So it's hard to see them being this bad. But they have hope for the future. I'm just not sure the future is as close as I thought it was just two years ago. I think that's the best way to put it. Again, they have, do as I mentioned before, does Oakland, uh, you know, do you have a centerpiece? No, you don't. Uh, do, does Do the Royals have a centerpiece? Yeah, Bobby Wood Jr. I mean, he has been... Uh, uh, definitely in contention for Rookie of the Year in that regard. He's uh, uh, going to give uh, at least Julio Rodriguez a run for his money. Uh, and so I think that's uh, uh, nice to start with. There are other pieces, some other pitchers you might be able to uh, to work with, some things that are still coming up in the the pipeline. Brady Singer, uh, there's, there's, there's hope there, but it's still a couple years out. Number 28. Sorry, do you have the Kansas City at 29? Are we still the same? Uh, I do actually. Okay. My number 28, I have the Detroit Tigers. I'm going with the most disappointing offense in baseball. They are dead last in runs scored. They are even worse than Oakland in that respect. Uh, Detroit has scored a total of 288 runs. Oakland, as bad as they have been, has 306. The Yankees, for perspective, have scored the most runs, 497. So that is almost 200 runs more. Now, you could say, okay, well, they did. But the problem is, they spent money on that offense, right? Javier Baez was supposed to help this team. Spencer Torkelson, first pick overall. He just got sent to AAA today because it is, I think he's still under the Mendoza line. Now, Austin Meadows has been hurt, so they made that big trade. He had, it was like some, I think now it's rib cramps basically, but it was like some vertigo stuff. Riley Green's come up. That's been pretty good. Riley Green's looked pretty good. better, Much better than Spencer Torkelson has looked so far. Now, the 
the pitching has been hit by injuries, right? Matt Manning, Casey Mize, uh, going back to last year, Spencer Turnbull. Scooble's been stretches of being pretty good, stretches of the last month he was kind of rough. So that will happen, though, right? My bad months out of pitching, but the offense is the problem here. It, this is a uh, this is the dangerous territory uh, when you lose a sense of hope. Uh, when you are expected, and, and you yourself as an organization, when you look at the moves made in the offseason, they, they made a statement uh, as saying uh, they think they're close, that this is the year that gets them to 500, if not a little bit a little bit more, and then the next offseason builds towards being a playoff contender. That was the ascension that was expected because you don't go out and you, you don't spend big bucks on Javier Baez. You don't spend big bucks on Edwin Rodriguez if you don't think you're at least going to be contending for a 500 record or taking that next step. Like now, the the youngsters are going to show their stage of development, take a next step up. Now you're adding in a couple of, of veterans, uh, uh, some talented veterans to go with it to make that next jump in the rebuild process. And everything went backwards instead of forwards. The only positive you have right now is Riley Green. Uh, and that's a let, – let me ask you this. Who's the one that's going to be taking the blame for this when the season is done? It's, it's rumored that ownership is the one that wanted to do the Javier Baez trade, so it's kind of hard to blame front office for it, but at the same time, ownership did this to, to sell tickets, make a splash, uh, and then now you have this instead, and what do owners typically do? It's not the mea culpa. It's finding someone else to take the blame. So uh, we, we've seen some teams already move on from managers within it, uh, more than normal uh, for this time of year. Uh, and I think the Royals are a prime candidate uh, for an off-season purge. It's possible. The Tigers have been they've been really disappointing from what we thought they could be. Like you said, they were the, the Javier Baez signing said we're ready to to compete. Like not maybe not this year, but kind of like what we thought with some of these teams coming up that they were starting to make a push. Baltimore, Seattle, those type of teams, and we've seen they've they've started to make the push, right? And Detroit's going the other way. My number 27 is we just went from the worst offense in baseball to the worst pitching in baseball. The only team to allow more than 500 runs is the Washington Nationals, currently at 513 runs allowed. Now, you could certainly make the case they're the worst team in baseball. They happen to have – there's just not enough pitching on this team. That's simple as that. There's not enough pitching. Steven Strasburg is injured yet again. Patrick Corbin, that contract looks awful. He has been terrible. It's Paulo Espino that is in their rotation every day. It is a terrible rotation. And now your the questions. Or, I was going to say your organization uh, is so uh, uh, not wanting to be a part of that. Not even four hundred and forty million dollars is enough to keep one of the top three baseball players on the planet on your uh, on your franchise. Okay. Your franchise player no longer wants to be your franchise player. He wants to be a franchise player for someone else. So we got to talk about him, right? So. We've said on past podcasts, go back, Josh Bell will be traded. I still firmly believe Josh Bell's traded. Nelson Cruz is not having a great year. He's still hitting 242. I still Someone will give him a shot. I think we've heard for years. San Diego Andres, loves him, right? Yep. San Diego loves him. So then he comes down to Juan Soto. So there are like two or three teams that are actually available to do this. Do we actually think there is he's not a free agent, I don't believe, for two and a half years? You have two and a half years of team control. And then you gotta say so we just turned down fifteen years four hundred and forty million, which That's is just insane to me. 
it's like what Manny Machado got just longer, right? It's not the highest per year, right? No. Nope. And nope. could he could he easily command? Okay, so him and Shohei Otani are the trout. same year, right? It passes Trout. It's not higher than like he's a better player than Mookie Betts. He's right, Mookie Betts. I think he's a better player than Mookie Betts, and he's six years younger than Mookie Betts because he doesn't have the protection that Mookie Betts has. That's true. Uh, and from the other one, talking about Shohei. Uh, Shohei is still high risk to me because of potential injury from doing the two way thing. He can't do, he's not going to be able to do the two way thing forever without getting hurt. I'd, I'd love to believe it. I just so I don't. believe in Soto's durability more than that. I don't think he's as much of a risk uh, as that. So when you're talking about the types of players who either just have or are going to be looking at monster contracts, Aaron Judge, uh, oh. then then you have he, uh, Juan Soto is the one. If you're going to invest in anyone, if you're going to put half a billion dollars to any individual player. This is the guy. He's not even what twenty three. He is twenty three. So you right do a fifteen year deal. He's only thirty eight. I mean, he he could. There's a legit. You could make the case that Juan Soto could be just coming out of AAA, right? Like that's how young he truly is, and he's got one hundred and fifteen, I think, career home runs, maybe even a little more than that. He's incredible. So, the teams that can pay this, the Dodgers, right? And as usual, they have for all the guff that we people give them about buying a contract, they have. I think seven top 100 prospects again, and certainly are the team that is likely to make this move. I think if there's a most likely, the Mets will pay him that. We know that they that Steve Cohen's got the money; he can afford that. They don't have the farm system, but do they do have the, the stuff to make it work? The Yankees, but you just said Aaron Judge is a now Aaron Judge is 30 years old, I believe. They, they call, could do Soto instead of. Uh, Judge, that's you that's try a to possibility. Juan Soto instead of Aaron Judge, but will they give up what they just started in their their farm system from Volpe and another? It's going to take two top twenty five overall prospects, and that still won't be enough to finish the deal. Nope. It's still going to take something else. Oh yeah, uh, farm system wise, like Seattle could do it right. Pair him with Julio Rodriguez for a couple of years, but here's the thing: he's got to squat Boris as an agent. He's leaving in two and a half years, right? He is going to get paid, and I'm. Very confident he will get paid. So if you want to take the chance on two and a half years, Seattle has George Kirby, Emerson Hancock, Noel V. Marte. Like they have Jared Kelnick, right? Like they have the, the means to pull that off, but you're going to get two and a half years out of him. And, and so you don't think the uh, same thing with uh, the Rays have the farm the system have the farm to do system it. To do and and it, right? pairing him with Wander would yeah. be fun. Uh, but what is, what is going to – that? this is a trade that guts your farm system. This is a Herschel Walker trade. Uh, and everyone knows that going, and everyone says, like, whatever you think of the prices, just add more on top. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's what it's going to be uh, to actually get him. Now, I do wonder on some of that, because ultimately the, it's a matter of what are you, uh, your market is only what someone is willing to pay. Uh, and when people know that already the next two and a half years is going to be expensive, uh, and after that is going to be far more expensive, in the NFL, it was always the case when you were getting expensive and the draft pick on top of it, it lowered your value in some aspects. So I, I get the idea of as far as his value of being worth someone's uh, top half of their farm system, what are they actually going to get when that comes together? Because there's still risk despite having two and a half years of control. It's a fascinating story uh, that has just dropped within it uh, to say that, that they would be willing to consider a trade. Put it at uh, at odds up to uh, up to one hundred percent. What are the odds you have for it right now of a Juan Soto trade in the next two weeks? Twenty percent. I'll go ten. Ten. Yeah. It, I just I just don't think someone can pull this off fast enough. Though I, th- for them to actually be willing to pull the trigger, uh, I think this is an off season type trade I, if you do it. I I do not think he'll play the next two and a half years for the Nationals. 
that I don't think will happen. I think he will this be. This is a team that has uh, kept guys all the way to the end. Well, that's what they did with Bryce Harper, right? Yeah. And they won the World Series, and then he left. So I don't know. It, it, you're right. Fascinating is the word for this. We will talk about Juan Soto a lot going forward. I have one more team in the what I would consider teams that could be are going to be the worst in baseball, and that's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they're just not very good, and they they have some young talent. So there's a team that can look forward. They have the top rated prospect, I believe, right now in the minors after Adley Rutschman and some of these guys graduate on in Corbin Carroll. Uh, oftentimes, he's compared to a young Cedric Mullins. I guess the question with the Diamondbacks to me is just once again. Are they going to start selling some of these guys off? Like, is Cattell Marte going to make it through the rest of the season with the Arizona Diamondbacks? Christian Walker. I think David Peralta is already out, but some of their bigger names, are, are, do they keep them or not? Because this is a team that seems like it's not completely devoid of a future. So the the Diamondbacks are an interesting one because you could put them a rung up if you wanted to. Uh, wins, loss. Uh, they're uh, have at forty wins. There's at least what are we at three, four, uh, four teams in the NL. Uh, one, two, three, uh, so uh, seven. There's almost eight teams that are uh, less than record wise. But what makes them uh, and the the reason why you can make a strong argument for being in the bottom five despite the win loss record being what it is, is goes back to like what what are they again? And it's been my my. Uh, criticism of Arizona for the last uh, season plus. What are you building towards? You're treading water without anything that you're treading water with to say that's going to make for a a better tomorrow. You know what they're going to be next year at this time? Forty and fifty two. Like it's there's there's no upside. There's no next step in this. They are stuck in this perpetual below average uh, area with a couple of decent players, uh, but players you don't want to trade, and then you won't go out and actually spend to get more. And now the the upside, at least, is the farm system is starting to show things at the major league level, and maybe that's when it goes. But uh, they are the biggest conundrum to me, even more than Colorado. They're the next one. Okay, so I yep. move up a, a, a bar here, right, to bad teams, generally not embarrassments, and my 25 is Colorado, right? As usual, the hitting carries them, but we don't expect them to do anything, right? They, they just feel stuck. It's last season at this time we were talking like, okay, who are we going to get for Trevor Story? Who are we going to get for Trevor? And they held it. And he left, and they got nothing out of him, and I don't think they're going to trade Charlie Blackman. It's a big contract. They'd have to eat a lot of that money, so I think they're going to be kind of stuck again. And we've said that for Colorado for years because it's poorly managed, right? So I they've seemed to be stuck in this bottom half of the NL West for years, and it's not looking optimistic going forward. And they did the Nolan Arenado guilt move by signing for Chris Bryant. Uh, so that was they say, hey, we didn't just do a, a full. We're not just dumping players. We just wanted to. We wanted to go with someone else. And very injury marred year. Uh, Chris Bryant had a very nice season last year, but that's one of the contracts. It's pretty much at the Javier Baez level right now of of in year one. Been hurt uh, being year. a uh, a bad investment uh, first year in. And by record, they're they're better than these next three teams, but they just don't have any upward momentum. Or at least my. 24 team is the Chicago Cubs. I was going to say that, that uh, the one that where I have them in that bottom tier of could be anyone could be worst within it, only because I also know with Wilson Contreras getting ready to be traded, yep. uh, again, who are you building around? You have some 
like some spunky players, some average players, some players like, okay, they're at least interesting as part of a roster, but there's no one that says, okay, this is the new wave that we're building around. I have four players listed that I think are the only players that are quote-unquote off-limits, right? I don't think they're trading Marcus Stroman. I think they want to, they signed him. I, maybe if they got the right offer, they trade him, but Stroman, Nico Horner seems fit in, Seiya Suzuki, and I think they like what they've seen out of Christopher Merrill. Other than that, I think if, if it's not nailed down and you offer them something, they will sell it off. But it's been encouraging. I don't think it's been as bad as I thought it could have been really bad. I, I think it's been better than I thought. That's why I put them ahead of Colorado. And, and there's some scrappy players that are fun to watch. Uh, and I think that's made things a little more enjoyable in Chicago where you haven't heard uh, some of the angst from a, from a fan base uh, as well as uh, media members uh, putting out the, the rumors that uh, Chicago is looking to spend this offseason. That always helps the, uh, the hope for a better tomorrow when you know the pocketbook is open. My number 23 team, I believe, has the third worst record in baseball, but I put them up here. Do you remember that awful 3-22 and start Cincinnati put together? Yes. But since then, it's been encouraging, right? Hunter Green is very inconsistent now, but he's 22 years old. and You throws, see it. Like he, you say, he's not there yet, but you see yes, it. Yes, exactly. And Nick Lodolo has got pretty good starts in there, too. Like it's They have encouraging young players. Now it's a matter of, once again, two weeks. Luis Castillo, we both expect to be gone. And you should, uh, because yep. again, you already like, again. I, when they were starting this, more than Oakland, I said Cincinnati already knows that right behind the guys they were starting to trade or wanting to trade, they had uh, a group of youngsters that were ready to start the majors and like a, a pitching core that was uh, had very high end potential. And you've seen inconsistent as you expect out of rookies, but you're seeing the the talent there far more than let's say again, look at Detroit when they were hoping to do the same thing with Matt Manning, Casey Mize, uh, and and the and the like. That through injuries and things not working out, that isn't there. You can't say that in Cincinnati. You can see this, and that leaves you more hopeful. And this team fought back from a three and twenty-two start. They swept the Rays in the last week. They gave the Yankees a run for their money. They are playing hard uh, over there. And if you have these this next wave, now you have this core that you're wanting to build around. Luis Castillo, thanks to the uh, injury that took place uh, at the top, bumps him to the uh, the top of the the, the want list. Uh, and with that being the case, you can get uh, soon major league ready uh, players to add to that core by trading Luis Castillo. Uh, I've makes got my a ton trade for him coming up. I'll we'll, we'll mention yeah, that later. All right, all right. So they're actually only twenty three games under five hundred. So basically, since the start of the season, they've played three games under five hundred. That that's how you get up here, right? And it's not just Castillo. It's Molly. It's Drury. It's Fam. I think they're all gone in a couple weeks, and I think they're gonna start working on building this team up and. It's encouraging. So that's how they get up here. Hitting prospects. That's what you want. Yes. You already have you have a, a nice start with the pitching. You have good hitting prospects. That's what they need to continue this rebuild. Number 22. This is maybe the highest since we've ever done one of these pros, these uh, power rankings is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Woot woot. They are thoroughly middling, though, in pretty much all aspects of the game. They Throw are a not- shout out to Pittsburgh Positive of the day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They, are, they don't have as many fun young players as Cincinnati, but it's... It's a team that, like, you used the word scrappy earlier. They they play you hard, but I'd like to see them, like, develop more of their own talent. Put the two teams together, and then oh. you have a fun one. Because uh, Pittsburgh has the uh, the, hitting, the hitting more the hitting yeah. prospects that are coming together within it, uh, including uh, O'Neill Cruz, who uh, helped me uh, beat you in fantasy this week. I uh, had to throw that in there. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, then you have, if you put it with Cincinnati's pitching, and the thing, and 
what's hard with Pittsburgh is you just look at what could have been. You look at the talent that they've let walk out that door or trade away from a pitching rotation. They have a, a Los Angeles Dodgers level rotation that they had in house that they let go away. Mm-hmm. And it's and here we are now. Like and are they going to trade off some of their pitching talent again? Like David Bednar, we've mentioned. I think he's probably gone. I think there's talk that I think even the GM has, uh, has actually openly said they're not moving him. Oh, really? I think only because they have like th- either three or four years of team control. Like there's so much that you're just not going to get the same value for unless you're saying sell high if you don't believe he can keep that up and re- relievers are always have a high volatility to him. So let's talk about my personal favorite yeah. person here, right? I've said before, I think Brian Reynolds is one of the 20 best hitters in this game. I've said that I think before on this podcast, and if not, I'll say it right now. I think Brian Reynolds is one of the 20 best players. Hitters in Major League Baseball today, but he's shadowed because Two-way he's on there. Two-way center fielder. Yep. Those are hard to find. I, do we think he stays? I, I I think he does. I think I think it, it depends, again, because again, their win-loss record is not uh, terrible. They're they third at 39-54. And, yep. uh, and now that's still uh, 11 games out yeah. from first and second within it. But now, where are... What is your, again, and they only know this internally. What are you building towards? Like, what's your what's your, your what's your next step? When's your window? Right. When do you uh, think if, you're going to win? And if if you are wanting to add towards it, even with just simple like low cost veterans that you uh, uh, starting opportunities within it, uh, you have a uh, hitting wise, you have a core that you're starting with. Pitching is you know that's that's where it is, and so Brian Reynolds is kind of the. He states what their direction is. Mm-hmm. Are they wanting to potentially try to compete in the next two years? If so, you keep him. Uh, if you trade him, you're saying that we don't expect that to be the case. Uh, and then you're trying to add pitching prospects in, in return for it. It's uh, He is the guy that determines the route that they take. Let's move on to the next group of teams here. My 18, 19, 20, and 21 I have is teams going in opposite directions. So I'm going to go with 21 first. That's obviously That is the Los Angeles Angels. They have been awful the last month. Horrendous. And they have two historic players on their team, right? Mike Trout is one of the best 10 center fielders to ever play the game. Go back and listen to our GOAT sometime. We both mentioned him. They have Shoy Otani. He's probably the only person who's ever done what he can do. And they are sitting here currently at 39 and 53. It's simple. They fired Joe Madden. It hasn't gotten any better. It it can't happen. I don't know what to make of this team. They should not be this bad. Uh, I just had to look it up so I make sure I can put it together. Someone needs to uh, put together a actual criminal complaint to George Gasson, the uh, a district attorney for Los Angeles, uh, because it is an absolute crime to waste two historic players in their primes at the same time. How you cannot win or come close to a 500 record with that is an absolute crime. Uh and I'm sorry, like this is where I get frustrated as a small market fan uh, that there's all the complaints when the when the like Rays don't spend or you watch these other teams that get bashed, the Brewers don't spend or anything else, and you see that taking place, and the media is all there to jump on them. Where are the articles saying that this owner needs to sell the team for how inept he is being for having this talent here and sucking this Wasting bad? Wasting it, yeah. Uh, that's a an absolute crime to anyone that likes Major League Baseball for like, Shohei Otani. Uh, is still, he's almost made himself uh, underappreciated because of how good he has been that people have taken it almost for granted to this point, the historic levels of what he's doing. Uh, and not even Babe Ruth 
uh, has done what he's doing. No one has done what he is doing. You have two historic players, and you're uh, 10 games under 500, 15 games under 500. It is absolutely insane uh, the level of front office team construction and aptitude. This is, I'm bouncing sports today, this is Minnesota Timberwolves bad wow. as far as a team that made the playoffs once in 30 years. Uh, in the years of their franchise, that this is Minnesota Timberwolves bad as far as some. I think it was Zach Lowe again for a uh, NBA podcast within it, uh, who said he he's confident he could throw a dart at the wall uh, or at a dartboard within it uh, on on random moves available and have better odds of making the playoffs more than once in thirty years than what was done there. It takes a special level of ineptitude to be that incompetent, and that's where the Angels are right now. As much as I've ragged on Diamondbacks with not having any ideas or plans within it, truly the team that has wasted the most, the most frustrating to see, has to be, now that we've seen the slide here, uh, first first 40 games of the year, maybe we're say, we were saying something different, but at this point, as you're seeing another uh, Angels slide, it, this is the team that is the most poor run in Major League Baseball. Well... By record, my number 20 team does not compete with them, but they get put down this low because of their expectations. And so the Angels are disappointing. The only other team that's even competitive to them is the Chicago White Sox, right? And I will put them way down here. Now, even though they are sitting at 500, I went back and listened to our preseason podcast because I'll bring up the predictions in a little while here that we had. And uh, we both said that Chicago White Sox should walk all over the AL Central based on their talent. And I still firmly believe that, right? They have... Ace pitchers, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn has been bad, but it's like 30 innings. Michael Kopech, they have star hitters. Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, who's hurt yet again. Jose Abreu, right? They have stars. Tim Anderson, they have stars galore. And they are sitting in third at 46 and 46. So if there is a team that can make a, a case to be the most disappointing team along with the Angels, it is the Chicago White Sox. I can't believe Tony La is still managing and Charlie Montoyo isn't. We'll get to him. He got fired by Toronto, but... This team is wasting, like, on paper, this team should not be that different from Houston. It should not be that different from Houston. Agreed. Uh, I think that's an excellent comp of, of where they should be. Uh, and so between the Angels and White Sox, the difference you have is the Angels is an aptitude. The White Sox is stubbornness. Uh, and, and this is an owner not wanting to admit that he made the wrong move that people questioned from the immediate signing of this, of not being a fit. Uh, within it, and and this has been the case uh, completely. But now the wheels are seeming are very close to uh, to coming off completely, going off the rails. They are hanging there, and they can try to blame this on injuries uh, as much as they want. Uh, but this is going to be like, this is another team where what they do in the second half of the season, uh, how much are they going to keep doubling down uh, on that stubbornness if they finish ten games under five hundred? Uh, when there's no justification for it. You're just going to keep uh, everything as is next year. You're just going to go back with a Tony La Russa and things are just going to keep up. As, as It makes no sense. Uh, but nothing would surprise me with this organization to say, no, we're, uh, we just had injuries this year. We'll bounce back uh, more healthy next year. So if there's two teams that I said are going in opposite directions, so those teams are clearly dropping from what we thought. That means there's two teams rising. Uh, at number 19, I have the Texas Rangers. After slow starts... The big- like the like the the Reds, they had a yep. bad start, and some of the players that didn't look well. I don't think there's anyone that doesn't want Marcus Simeon uh, playing for him right now. So the big free agents acquisitions are clicking on all eights now, right? Like Marcus Simeon has 11 home runs, 10 steals, hitting 290 since June 1st. Remember, he looked awful. Corey Seager 
is still the coldest hitter. Like, I think he has like a 250 Babbitt, but he's still, he had six home runs in the month of July already, hitting 350. He, I've said before, I think he's one of the 20 best hitters in this game. And John Gray, since June 1st, 6-3, six 68 strikeouts, 259 ERA. There's still a couple of players away, but there's real signs of progress here. They don't get the credit they deserve the way that San Francisco does with pitchers. With, with pitchers. Uh, again, remember, it was Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Kyle was Gibson. Uh, Kyle Gibson. Uh, when they target one of those mid-range guys that they believe that has more upside, that th- for a while it was the three-year, $30 million contract. That was their staple. Uh, and they have always gotten above-average production. John Gray, everyone has said, get him out of Colorado, and you might actually get uh, more of an upside with with, with him. Uh, now, he's sometimes against better competition. Uh, it becomes a little bit more human, uh, but he has had many... Uh, I can at least count a couple for sure, like seven inning shutout uh, pitched, uh, where he has been he has been an excellent find for them again this year. In addition to the bigger ticket items that they purchased, one other team that I have in this in this section, the number eighteen team, Sandy for Cy Young. Right when they decide to start trading the pitching depth, Miami can get good in a hurry. We've said it before. Miami has all the pitching in the world. Sandy Alcantara looks um, incredible. He's doing things that have never been done before with the amount of length that he's giving them. And Max Meyer just got the call, so that's another one. Edward Cabrera is getting healthy. Jesus Cesardo is coming back. Yuri Perez, six Yuri foot Perez. eight, who throws that, that fireball uh, with it. There's and guys that they have once they get uh, Trevor Rogers back mm-hmm. uh, in in line with it, and you still have Sisto Sanchez. You know Sisto he was Sanchez. huge yeah. before the injury. Now again, it's big question mark whether or not we see that again. Those shoulder injuries are uh, extremely difficult. There's a team that'll take a chance on that though, right? There's, oh yeah. So like I said you trade two of those guys, you get back two impact bets. I might have I predicted them in the wild card. I said I got the predictions written down. We'll go over those at the midway point here, but. I might have been a year early, but this could get really good really quickly when they start moving some of that. They're sliding now, and so they're fading out of the uh, out of wild the wild card. card spot for this year. But this is a crucial trading deadline for them, in my opinion. They still have the offseason, too, uh, but what can you do that's going to have you ready for next year? Because with that pitching, uh, this year is one thing. Next year, there's absolutely no excuse uh, to not have a winning record. Uh, with what you have available and the resources to go acquire uh, additional talent. Uh, there is absolutely no excuse not to be a winning team. So be aggressive this trading deadline and getting uh, adding talent that will already help you uh, in this next uh, next offseason into next season. My next section, I got four more teams. and This section is the 500-ish teams who could buy or sell, I think. They could go one way or the other. Let's start with the... One of the, it's not in my most pleasant prize, most pleasant surprises section, but a team that's been a pleasant surprise. So that's Baltimore, right? What an awesome story, right? We're sitting here. They had a 10-game winning streak. They're sitting right at 500 as we hit the All-Star break. Since Adley Rutschman got called up May 21st, they've played 11 games over 500. It's not necessarily been all the offense. He's an incredible defensive catcher, too. They still have three of the top 30 overall prospects in the minors, including D.L. Hall, Gunnar Henderson. I think Gunnar Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez are both in the top 15. And tonight they just had the number one overall pick. So we've said it before. It's probably not this year, but watch out because Baltimore is going to be really good really soon. I'll pat myself on the back with this one. I said they are better than what people are giving them credit for. They're not anything at the beginning of this year. I said there's more talent there, uh, a bigger core uh, to begin with, than what people are giving them credit for. They're, they were treating them the same as the, uh, whether it's Cincinnati, Oakland, kind of still in the, in the same breath, and, and uh, uh, we're definitely not that type of, of team. 
Uh, they still, uh, yeah, Grayson Rodriguez, you know, as the injury shut things down early and just being careful with it because, like, we're not competing this year. Uh, be careful with him there, but then he they're expecting big things from him next year. This team has, in the past, spent money. Uh, they can open the wallet and add some uh, a talent to it in the offseason as well. Uh, I like some of their young guys uh, that they've put together, some uh, that are... Uh, some of their younger pitchers, you know, some of them are, are not going to work out, but there's some that have talent. They're at least be number four, number their five starters, awesome, and and an elite bullpen. Yeah, uh, there there is talent here to work with, uh, and uh, up until yesterday uh, or up until today, you know, every team in the American League East had a winning record. That's, uh, that's, that's an impressive stat. Uh, it is the the uh, AL beast for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go out of the AL East here. At 16, I probably should have this team higher now that I think about it, but I have San Francisco sitting here. I have San Francisco here. I, it's some, kind of the same thing as last year where the, the record seems better than it should be because the offense is kind of blah, but I just watched them beat the Brewers three games in a row, and I have the Brewers pretty a, lot of, a little higher than them, but they, they win with pitching, right? It's the same thing they always do. They win with pitching. Rodon is good. Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, they, they get enough. They know how to develop. Take these pitchers and get the most out of them, and they're doing it again. I even though I have them down here, I wouldn't be shocked if they still don't compete for the wild card in the NL Cent- in the NL. I was going to say they're a fascinating one. I only have them up at thirteen on my list, so still very close. Uh, they don't seem to have the same uh, pizzazz. Like yeah, it just doesn't seem year. to be the same just, as last year. Not I agree. Quite, it's like there's just something missing. I mean, obviously the record shows it too. Uh, but they are a a solid team. Now, what's interesting, if you look at their uh, their run differential, they're a plus fifty one, which is better than San Diego. Uh, so, like, they're uh, some of the underlying things look a little more intriguing. But this was a team to watch. Where if they slid anywhere in the next uh, ten uh, ten games, uh, Carlos Rodon is a name that is a dark horse for a trade candidate because he has the uh, ability to opt out uh, after this year. Uh, so he becomes a, a potential rental, but that's a difference maker you could move uh, if things start to sh- uh, start to change. So they definitely belong in that category of who who you could see buy or sell. This next one I put in buy or sell because this is the midway point. We're at number fifteen. They are currently in second in the AL Central. But speaking of winning with pitching, that's what Cleveland does, right? They win with pitching, and they're doing and it Jose again. Ramirez. This year. And Jose Ramirez, <laughs> and they got that big extension, right? Signed with him. They have. By far the youngest team in Major League Baseball. I think it would be like the third youngest team in AAA I read somewhere. Like, they have wow. an exceptionally young team. I don't see them going out to buy big names. That's just not really the way they do it. I don't know if they sell off some of these guys either. It it just seems like they probably hold Pat and just say, you know, we're, we're probably doing better than I think. At least I thought they were probably going to hang around 500, but hanging around 500 gets you to be in the playoff hunt now. So... Especially in the AL Central when no one is running away with it. So you are uh, three games back of the, the division lead. Do you see anything else there? Do you see them adding anybody, dropping anybody? I think more add than uh, than sell. Uh, but uh, Not like a – we but don't see no, like but, Josh Bell going here or Trey Mancini even. They just don't make those uh, yeah. splash moves. Uh, like David Peralta, yep. that type that of type uh, trade yep. I could see there. Uh, maybe a Mancini. Uh, but it, it's those types of uh, those types of moves uh, are what you see more. Uh, my last team in this division, I have the Philadelphia Phillies in this section at number four team. 
it is a team with major injuries. Bryce Bryce Harper being the big one, right? But Gene Segura, Ranger Suarez missed big time. Zach Eflin's missed time. But they've hung around, and you know, we both picked them to win the NL or NL East. And I would say this: if they get in and they get healthy, it can still be really, really hard to beat this team. They have. Two star pitchers. Aaron Nola looks like the guy I picked to win the Cy Young Award a couple years ago. Zach Wheeler looks like a star, right? And then you always mentioned before, you have star bats. Kyle Schwarber, when he gets hot, carries your team. Bryce Harper gets healthy. He's he's won MVP awards for a reason. Like they have star potential. I don't know if they go out and get anybody. They just have to hang around and get healthy. They'll do another bullpen ad. Is what they do at each uh, guys. Teams like this do this each uh, each deadline. Just try to get some sort of around the margins. I have them higher. I still believe uh, in the in the talent that they have. Uh, they have the. I'm trying to look in here real quick. The one, two, three, fourth or fifth best run uh, run differential in the National League. Uh, again, you have the star talent that has been been working. There's been some injuries within it, but I actually have them ranked seventh awesome. uh, with it. I still there's nothing that has happened so far to change what I believe their ceiling is, and nothing that is as far as like this was a team that could always sabotage themselves, right? In the previous uh, Met uh, style, uh, yep, <laughs> very much so. Uh, that uh, Phillies bullpen was the uh, uh, was the one of the worst things seen uh, in in the COVID era. Uh, and so they don't have that now. They don't have one of these things where this is the spot where this is going to torpedo the team eventually when it explodes. They don't have that. Now, some, there might be some places they'd like to improve, but nothing at that level. I still think this team, uh, with the players that can get hot and carry, uh, I think come September this team still has a chance to... Now, I don't... Mets are, are, are very good. Uh, Braves are still doing things within it, but I think they could have the... Could they pass the Braves for the first a wild card? Yeah. I, I, I think this team has, and, that, and then once you get in the playoffs, you think of three, three, you don't want to uh, play yeah, them in a five series, game right? series, seven game series. They are built for that. Mm-hmm. They are not as built for the regular season, but they are built for the playoffs. And if they just get in, that becomes intriguing. Yeah, streaky hitters on that team and great pitching. Uh, I put these next two teams together as the most pleasant surprises. I think Baltimore could have maybe been in here, but number thirteen, I had very little confidence in the Minnesota Twins. I had very little confidence, and they have a top 10 offense with, here's the real part, good enough pitching, and the guys that we at least thought were going to be healthy like or good have been hurt, so they're doing it with guys like Devin Smeltzer, and so I still think they probably get caught by either Cleveland or the White Sox because on paper I probably still don't have enough confidence in them, but it's a great story so far. This is a Frankie Montas fit. Uh, yep, that would help. They are going to be aggressive at the deadline. I see them as honestly – uh, especially when you have Luis Castile, more likely Dodgers. Uh, that feels like a, a, another Dodger move at the deadline. That's the splash move they make. Uh, that one makes a ton of sense. But Frankie Montas to uh, the Twins, that's my uh, uh, pick right there. Kind of like what they trade at Jose Barrios to the to the Blue Jays. It's a similar type of move, uh, bringing him onto the team. Uh, and I think that's a great fit for them. That's what they need uh, if they want to get past the first round. Uh, the the offense is good, and, and there's guys that are coming around quicker. Uh, some younger bats that are there. Uh, more, I, it is a collective. Uh, Buxton has been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, key always there is health, uh, and then but the supporting cast is far better, uh, and and that's uh, very intriguing. Again, uh, Carlos Correa, uh, uh, he. He bought in uh, beyond the money because there's a lot of teams that could offer him that type of contract. He went there specifically. Uh, 
props to him. Props to what the Minnesota's been doing. A very pleasant surprise uh, so far this year. And just want to mention the one player on their team that I good hitter now great hitter apparently is Luis Arise. I just didn't see. I I thought he was a fine contact hitter. I never saw the three forty two. I think he's leading baseball in both batting average and on base percentage four sixteen. Like props, man. I I didn't see that coming. So good for him. The other team, I could maybe put them higher. They are currently riding a 14-game winning streak is the Seattle Mariners I have here at 12. Uh, it's a lot of young talent, right, on this team too. So This I is what Detroit, this is what the – think of the other teams that of where they wanted to see their talent go. Seattle is the perfect uh, uh, example of building young and it going well. And I, I want to see them make a move. Like, they have – I mentioned yeah. earlier, like I don't know if they're going to make a move for one soda, but they have plenty of young prospects here. Move one of them for Tyler Molly. Like I think they need a little more pitching, but I, I believe they're probably tracking towards at least making a run for a wild card here. They made the first trade. They went back to get uh, Carlos Santana. Yeah. Now it's not a, a big move, but that guy was reawakened by the. They're playing him uh, at DH every day. Yeah, he's reawakened by the uh, on a contending team, and he has performed like he has in the in the a uh, couple years ago. Maybe not the full peak power performance, but the rest of the numbers are trending up. And after doubting the Robbie Ray thing, he after the first couple months where he looked a little Arizona Robbie Ray-ish, the last month and a half, he's looked Toronto Robbie Ray-ish. And so they, that gives you an ace. You got Logan Gilbert. I think I said, I think there's still one pitcher away, whether it is maybe George Kirby is that guy in the second half, but I don't like trusting 24-year-olds to be that guy in a playoff chase, whereas I would rather trust, I said, Tyler Molly, or you make some move for somebody like that, but... I think Seattle's been awesome. I think it's a great story. They're carried by their 20-year-old superstar who's incredible. So Who's just scratching the surface <laughs> of what he can do. If, if you haven't seen Julio Rodriguez play, do. Uh, and, I, and just watch and just see the tools. It may not always be there. He's going to flash something every game, uh, whether it's just, just one the way the swing looks or whether it's a stolen base or a diving play in the outfield. He's Ken Griffey. Right? Griffey. Yeah. That's what it looks he, like. He is. He's... You, you can anyone who's a, been a Mariners fan. If you're not getting shades of that in your mind within it, uh, then you're forgetting what he what he looked like uh, when when he was your your uh, your stud coming up. My I now move into the section that is I think actually the biggest section. It's six teams. I just call them good teams with flaws. I'm putting Boston at eleven. The Red Sox. They when I typed this, it was they've done what they needed to do, hanging around five hundred till Chris Sale gets back. But guess what? Chris yeah, Sale, that. yeah, not back for I don't know how long it's gone for, but it's probably at least a month, I would assume. It's and, a it's a pinky uh at the same time for gripping it's the throwing hand. It's a broken finger on the throwing hand. Uh that's at least a month. And who knows how much longer within that. Uh they may not be in contention by the time he actually comes back. Their flaw has been the same flaw that they have. Right? They have an incredible offense. It is full of great players on the top of their offense, and it has been like that for years. Now it's the starting pitching. Whether Chris Sale coming back would have helped, now that's out, and you make do, right? So whether it's Avaldi or Rich Hill, Michael Waka, Garrett Whitlock, all those guys have been hurt. They're coming back. I don't think it's probably enough, but I don't also see them going out and making a move for a big starting pitcher either. They are in the, by being in a big market in baseball town, uh, that is hard to make the uh, the hard decisions. You should be selling off. When you go look at the, the records in the American League, who do you truly have confidence in them passing? Do you have confidence in Seattle? Uh, maybe the White Sox. Maybe the Indians. Uh, Toronto? Rays? 
Like there's there's enough teams ahead where it, even with three wild cards, at best you're trying to hang on to that third spot. Why? Uh, it's it, it isn't uh, you don't have it. Uh, it, it's not here right now. Maybe next year as, as you look at things together, but that franchise has a lot of major questions with their building blocks, uh, and they have been, and this is why it goes back to why did uh, Dave Dombrowski leave? Uh, there's difference, differences of opinion in how to run a team uh, with, uh, with ownership. You know what that means? Cheap. That's what Boston has been since then, cheap. They traded away Mookie Betts. Now, they did sign Trevor Story. Like, well, maybe does that push back against it? Well, they signed him because they're going to let uh, Bogarts go. Uh-huh. You still haven't uh, agreed to a deal with, uh, with Devers, one of the top five players in, in, the, in all of baseball. Uh, and that's growing into a larger concern. Uh, this is a team that has not shown a willingness to spend based upon the revenue that they get and the type of team that they are. Uh, and at this stage, there's questions both for this season and long term. Uh, yeah, that's great said. My or get the top ten here. My number 10, 10, 10, 10. St. Louis Cardinals. Paul Goldschmidt has to be the NL MVP at the midway point, the favorite for that. He's played like a star, but she is still. 20 homers, 70 RBIs, hitting 330. I don't really know how they do it. I, I don't really know how they do it. They I mean you look at the rotation and you say, okay, well, Jack Flaherty's been hurt. They have oldest dirt, Adam Wainwright, who still looks great. Miles Michaelis. Jordan Hicks, Dakota Hudson, and Andre Pallante. But here we are. They sit here midway point of the season with 50 and 44. And at this point, I just, I guess you should just assume every year they're going to find a way to win 85 games. I mean, Adam Wainwright is the, the weekend at Bernie's uh, uh, guy that you just prop him up on, on, the, uh, on, on the, the mound and he'll win you 15 games and throw about a four, uh, four or under ERA. It, it's incredible to see at his age what he's still doing. And he is the perfect uh, microcosm of what this team does. They find a way to still get there year in, year out without having like, Goldschmidt, definitely the star. Uh, Tommy Edmonds, an exciting player to watch. They have a lot of young uh, uh, position players that they're just trying to figure out how does it all come together. Like there's pieces there. Like there's parts. Uh, they have the pieces you'd want for a good recipe, mm-hmm. but you just don't know how it's like. What's the missing ingredient? Or how does this all shake together? There isn't. It's still lacking something. Uh, but they. I don't know if a team gets more out of what they have. It's either them or Cleveland, right? Those are the two teams that have come to mind, right? That are the teams that get more out of less. And whether that's, we've seen them change managers, I say out of management, but they change managers and it never seems to change. So whatever it is in St. Louis, they, I said, I just, at this point, I just just bank on them winning 85 plus games because it always seems to happen somehow. Now with, uh, especially speaking to a Brewers fan within it, what's your confidence level right now? I know it's hard because this is uh, one of the teams that slid. We talked about teams that Mm -hmm. sprinted into the the All-Star break and some that slid into the All-Star break. The Brewers have definitely slid into the All-Star break. So they're my number nine team. I put them ahead here because they're still ahead. Um, I think if you asked most people in Milwaukee, they would say that it's probably too high in this area because the offense has been awful. And I... Can't really deny it. It's been bad. Josh Hader is sitting with a 20 ERA this month. He looks like he needs a break. And how am I saying that I feel confident they're going to stay ahead of St. Louis? No, I don't. They're even more reliant on the pitching than last year. And last year, the pitching carried him. Freddie Peralta should be back in August. He's throwing. That's that's a great sign, right? Like that. Could the pitching carry him? Yeah, but so I, I look at the Brewers lineup because everybody wants People come to me and talk about Brewers, right? Because they know we do this and we talk baseball. And so people want to talk to me about the Brewers. And I say, okay, well, 
where's the improvement come? Like, you, you tell me where you're going to – did they go out and get Josh Bell? Does it, he, sure, he makes them a little better, but Roddy Telez has 17 home runs and has 55 RBIs at first base. Is Josh Bell going to hit 40 points higher? Yeah, probably. Like, they just need better – Willie Adams was hitting like 215 this year. Like he he's got to hit better. Like Christian Yelich has got to hit better. They paid these guys. They have to be better. I I don't see. Could they go out and get Andrew Benatendi? Sure. Yeah. It it would help them. I'm not gonna. Josh Bell would help, but the guys that they have, they just need to hit better. They are I think third worst in baseball with and like OPS plus. That there's no way they should be like that. And I think this this is where you get the challenge of when we talk about teams with flaws, the if, you're, if we're looking at Brewers and Cardinals, who has the larger fatal flaw? The Brewers. The Brewers' offense is yeah. fatal right now, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think that's that's the true risk in all of this, is that the Cardinals uh, maybe have some questions, but there isn't the one, the thing that can torpedo your team or hold you back. They really don't have that. Uh, and the Brewers do, and they what worked last year was some offense was was it was better than this, but you had a top three that was absolutely dominant that carried a team. There's vulnerability right now due to injuries, and there's, it's not quite the same that it was, and and that's a lot to try to carry. And the the bullpen was better last year. It it's. Good, right? Like Josh Hader was good until July, and Devin Williams has been fine. But I mean, Hader seems to do this once every year. Yeah, right? he, he just he gets in this little funk, yeah. and then then he's right back out of it. Then he's good to go. But it's been getting to those guys, right? Like last year, it was yep. Hunter Strickland and Brad Boxberger, and I don't remember the other guy. But this year, it's just it's been hard to get to them. And so look, they've played well. You're going to stay here in fifty and forty four, or I think fifty and forty four, and that's not a bad record by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, they were 15 games above 500 at one point, and now we're sitting here at six, and it it feels like, yeah, St. Louis is is right on their heels and probably more than likely going to catch them to keep playing like this. Where, where did you have the Brewers on your list? I'd like to know. Uh, I think at 10 and 11, right? So Brewers 10, Cardinals 11. So, so still so had, had them just one, one ahead. Yep. Uh, but it, as far as, like, putting a pairing together, this is my least confident pairing. Yep. I Well, my number eight, we go to your team. So I have Tampa Bay at eight. Another team winning with pitching, right? They're, they're also winning with their pitching. I'd say their hitting has been kind of inconsistent the way the Brewers has. And my question with them is the pitching just keeps getting thinner and thinner via injuries. I don't know how they're doing it, seriously. Uh, the, the, they lead Major League Baseball and most guys on the IL. Mm-hmm. Uh, key guys, I mean, key they just guys, got, like they just got Brandon, Brandon Lau back for the first time in two months. Uh, Wanda Franco now back on the IL, going to be out for at least four to six weeks. Within it, uh, even uh, Harold Ramirez, one of their unsung guys that they seem to find each year, uh, uh, fr- uh, broken thumb on an uh, inside pitch uh, here within it. So that's another guy being added to the list. Kevin Kiermeyer's out. Mike Zunino's out. These guys weren't performing that great offensively anyways, uh, but they have a whole a bullpen uh, on the IL. They almost have a full rotation on the IL. I have no idea how they've been able to string it along uh, as well as they have to this point. Uh, but there isn't, I mean, coming from someone who's watched them a lot, there isn't one thing where I can say, okay, this is what's going to allow them to keep pushing forward. I, I can't grab any of that right now. If they get healthy, if they're able to tread water long enough to get healthy by like mid, mid-August, mid Philadelphia uh, style, then, then you have a chance to make a push within it because they, they do have a solid overall team. This is a team that won 100 games last year. They, they definitely have talent to do that. 
Um, but they're one of the interesting ones that I also don't know what they do at the trading deadline. To think of guys that could buy or sell, raise classically do that in all sorts of ways. Uh, Corey Kluber, uh, could you see him being moved? I did more before Shane Boz got hurt. Uh, I could have seen them uh, uh, moving him within it. Uh, but it's, yeah, they're very hard to, to read at this point. And so it's hard to have a lot of confidence in having them up here. So where do you uh, have them? at? I have them over the, the Padres, but under, under Philly. Okay. So my next team must be different on yours. Cause I have, I still put Toronto ahead of them. I think record wise, Toronto has fallen behind. I put Toronto at seven. They need to prove it. Uh, they so are now at the point where, again, you put them with the teams we talked about, the White Sox. Uh, and the Angels. You're putting them down there. Uh, as far as no, no, I just mean as far as the three teams that should be doing far better with, with what's on paper versus what's actually happening. Charlie Montoya is not the problem no. in Toronto. That was a BS move to try to make a move within it to say, hey, we're doing something to shake things up. He was a good soldier that they got uh, caught in, in the crossfire of this. Uh, this team is not living up to expectations. Uh, and and I still don't see it. It's still like one, uh, two steps forward, one step back. Uh, this team has not put it all together, despite having amazing talent uh, around it. Uh, some of the some players have definitely taken a step back, but I, and that's why I I kind of lump the Blue Jays, Rays, and Brewers together because I think I think we think they're all capable of playing better than this. I think we think the Rays yeah. offense can be better. Toronto should be better, and I think the Brewers should be better. So I kind of lump those three together and say. These teams, I don't, I can't put my finger on the flaw right now. Whether, what, especially with the offense for all three of them, right? Brewers and Rays, I can, I can put a finger on it. Toronto, I can't. And could I, they, I, I don't know why. Could they easily be, you know, a top five team? I think so. I think yeah. all three of them could be. But right they're now they're not. They have one of the highest ceilings outside of Yankees and Dodgers. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the highest ceiling as far as what's on paper there. The Blue Jays, you could lump in there from that, uh, from that perspective. So where do you have Toronto on your list? Uh, I have them. Where did I put them? <laughs> uh, Throwing you on a spot here. I know. I'm trying to find where I. Uh, I have them twelve. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. So I. I, so I, I have. Them, I have them below the like Brewers, Cardinals, uh, yeah. uh, and within I just can't be, blame you. because yeah. they haven't shown it sure. yet. Uh, despite having an, an, an interesting home field advantage from uh, <laughs> those that come in there for all sorts for those reasons why they can't come Justin there. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I. I could they, they all of a sudden? Better, yes. Could they go supernova in September and and take it all the way? Absolutely, they have the talent to do it. Uh, they're just and in that perspective, just as frustrating as the White Sox and Angels uh, for not being able to take that next step forward. My number six team, I've already mentioned them once, is the San Diego Padres. San Diego is a really good team that has almost no chance of winning their division because they play in the same division as the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, San Diego almost feels a little bit like the Mets to me from past years where it always feels like there's just something that doesn't quite click to get them. I mean, we've said for years that they, sh they could hang on paper. Their pitching staff is, you know, you Darvish, Mike Clevenger, Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, Mackenzie Gore, Sean Manette, like Joe Musgrove, like it should be hanging with the Dodgers, but it never quite does. It's one player gets hot. Luke Voigt was frigidly cold. Then he got hot. Then he got frigidly. The only one that's a consistent player for this team is Manny Machado. I would say like everybody else, it seems like is super streaky on this team and they win. I'm not, they win games. They're going to get Fernando Tatis back sometime soon. He's, he's starting the, the baseball activity is heating up. Uh, let me ask you this, which team, if you had to place a bet, uh, most confidence 
and and making a, a uh, an upgrade at the deadline. Oh yeah, definitely. Well. Mm, the Dodgers, Ma- Dodgers, Mets are kind of there yeah. within it, but San Diego will they will they get are someone. the most aggressive yes. team, uh, and what they've tried to do, and they keep doubling down on that and say if this one doesn't work, we'll do another one and make this one work. Uh, they the reason why I could have them even higher uh, on the list than what I do is that full belief that this the team that we're evaluating right now is not the team that we're going to see after the trade deadline. Not only from Fernando Tatis, uh, biggest difference maker going on to a team in the second half of the year, that's it right there, but also the who they acquire uh, at the deadline. I have two teams in the really good category, and they both happen to play in the same division, and that would be the NL East. I have the Atlanta Braves, and you, you can see why it's the defending champion, even without Freddie Freeman. The offense, Ozzie Albee's been hurt. Dansby Swanson looks like a star now for them. Olsen has he Look at his numbers yeah. in the last 30 games. or As the season has gone on, uh, he was first the league leader in, in doubles. Uh-huh. The homers are starting to come now. Uh, he has replaced, at least offensively, Freddie Freeman. Yes, I would agree. And they're pitching, right? Max Fried's great. Kyle Wright's been great. Charlie Morton's been streaky. They found Spencer Strider out of Strider, nowhere. My goodness. Who? Strider. As oh, you know, Spencer Strider is incredible. His K rate, yeah. uh, the swing and miss in, in his game. Uh, he's, he's an exciting pitcher to watch. And one of those, if we were getting ready to talk like uh, playoff matchups, he'd be the X factor. Yeah, he is. Right? Like, th- that's the type of guy that he can be the difference maker uh, from what the big guns are to where he is. Uh, he's, he has that type of capability. And they found Michael Harris, right? 21 years old to call him up out of double A, and he looks pretty Cedric Mullinsy at 21. So They have so much talent right now that even uh, William Contreras is only a part-time player. When his, uh, and he's on the his, All-Star game. He yeah. started in the All-Star game. You have a part-time player in the All-Star game. Yeah, they're a great, they're a great team, and they're going to push the next team all year. And I put the Mets ahead of them. Uh, this one feels a little different. As far, we've talked about how they collapse. They find a tendency to collapse. This year feels different. It's their most reliable starting five in their game when they're healthy, right? And yep. I guess that's always the caveat with the Mets is when they're healthy. But you told me that you can run out as even right now, before they get a healthy Jacob DeGrand, they're running out Bassett, Carrasco, Scherzer, Taiwan Walker, and David Peterson. And those guys have been great. And you're going to add Jacob DeGrand throwing 100 miles an hour against single A kids and making them look silly, which he does against big league players too. So if you get Jacob DeGrand back, it becomes an extremely difficult team to beat. This is the... Dodgers and Giants chase of last year, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The, the the Mets and uh, the, Braves. the Mets and Braves. I know Philly. And the Phillies are the Phillies are like the Padres, or the yeah, right. They were just I, hanging on the that's edges. That's what you have this year, and uh, and it's going to be again the I think the most interesting division race to watch. Uh, again, Brewers might you know Brewers Cardinals too within it, but I think as far as like. These types of big guns within it, uh, that uh, it's going to be the fascinating uh, division race to watch. And I think the Mets. I, I don't see the Braves making a big deal because the big trade because they've got some. You mentioned all the talent they have. I the Mets have talent. Don't get me wrong, but we said he he wants to go big. Like he is the big game hunting guy of all time, right? Like so. Yep. You never know what Steve Cohen's going to pull off. I have three teams that I list as quote favorites. Uh, number three, I have the Houston Astros. They've been good forever. They will continue to be good. As long as Jordan Alvarez gets his hand figured out, it's the best baseball. It's the best lineup in baseball. They are the, and they're just one win away from uh, reaching the 60-win plateau that only the, the Yankees and Dodgers have done. We'll get there on, on that. Which but teams are last? They yeah. are the, this is the quietest 59-game winning team. Uh, they have Because they do it every like, year. And so, like, 
we agree, just like, overlooked. It, right? Yeah, like, overlooked the, fifty-nine. Like, well, team. That's a good team. Like, it's like Shohei Otani, right? It's like you don't. Yeah, it's a good team, about. but you, but they are overlooked. Uh, and uh, this is a team that because you watch, they, they have another gear. We've seen it each year when they make the postseason. It's another gear. They they step up their game uh, within it. Uh, and if they're already at this level now, they, they've scuttled sometimes with injuries in the last year or two, but when they reach the playoffs, they click into another gear. They're already there now. Uh, again, they, they uh, when I was first doing this, when I first thinking of categories, so yeah, teams one and two, it's a two-team race. Uh, it, this made me go back and reevaluate that, that. No, it's not. You are right that it is the top three teams. Houston deserves to have every bit of attention given to them that the two teams above them do, but they don't. Uh, and that's a uh, an interesting spot to be in. I think when it comes to these top three teams, you mentioned like what's your flaw, right? Like what's the flaw? What's what's your weakness? Houston, amazing lineup, six pitchers that they can go to already in Valdez, Verlander, Urquidy, Garcia, Javier, and Odorizzi, and they fixed the bullpen last year. So catcher offense, as long as Jordan Alvarez, as long as Jordan Alvarez gets healthy, like it's an incredible team. So yeah. There's a guy that deserves more MVP consideration than I think he's he's gotten within. I get he's only bat only. He's got to get that hand fixed. As long as he's yeah. as long as he's healthy, mm-hmm. what he has done offensively, uh, and especially a team that's been doing this good, he deserves some at least some attention. There. I'm not saying he is the MVP, but he deserves to at least be in, in the top three consideration. Yeah, they they have they have you could make the case five of the best thirty hitters in this game with Alvarez Tucker. Pena, Altuve, and Bregman. Like, they, they yep. have some incredible yep. talent. So, that leaves two teams. I put the Dodgers, too. I, I did as well. I put the Dodgers, too. You can make, certainly make the case the Dodgers are one. I put the Dodgers at two. The Dodgers have 60 wins. They're 60 and 30. They will win the National League West. They have the most superstar lineup in the game, right? That We've said it for years. They have Freddie Freeman looks the last week. I think he has 17 hits in, like, seven games or something ridiculous. He is now hitting 321. Perfect fit. Getting past playing in in Atlanta again uh, with them, getting just that that monkey off the back now allows him to focus on the rest of this year, and, and you've seen that he he has jumped up uh, in the last number of games. The question the question is you know pitching right because Walker Bueller got hurt, so Urias has been fine. Tyler Anderson's been pretty good. Tony Gonsolin looks like a star. Clayton Kershaw when you get the innings out of him is fine. You need a fifth starter. They're not going to take. They're not going to settle. I think they go for Luis Castillo, and I got it. They send Gavin Lux back. They need offense. Gavin Lux fits here, but that's the type of player that the Reds should be targeting is Gavin Lux. Andy Pages is a first base prospect, huge first base prospect. I think he's about fortieth overall in most rankings. And Bobby Miller started last night for the Futures game, and there you go. You get Luis Castillo to the Dodgers, and you keep going. Well, and, and the Dodgers again. Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin have been. Uh, uh, so- Excellent first half su- surprises within it. Gonsolin has more uh, of a track record to it, but for a team that's this loaded, are you really saying that when it comes to your playoff rotation, these are the people that you're counting it's not on this than investment? Houston. It's not better than yeah. Houston right now. And so uh, Luis Castillo is a need with the way injuries have gone here uh, because then you add in your Urias, you add in Kershaw, you add in Castillo. Now you have the big three that you need with Gonsolin and Anderson is four and five. And you start praying for Walker Bueller. Like you got to pray that Walker Bueller gets healthy because he's, even if he can't go his full workload, right? Even if he can only goes three, four innings, we've seen how that they had David Price on their team, right? We saw what he they, they did, did with the Dodgers. They did Urias do that, uh, right? Yeah. They did. They had Urias in that role yeah. for a couple of years with them. They won the World so. Series that year, yeah. Absolutely. 
And that leaves one team left, the team that neither one of us predicted when we made when we did our predictions to make the playoffs. The yeah. sixty-three and twenty-eight New York Yankees. Um I don't I believe they lead baseball in Okay, so we both thought I think I don't want to speak. It's not a fluke. I I just want to leave. I'm giving credit here within it. They have a plus 199 run differential, which is the highest in all of baseball. 30 runs higher than the Dodgers. Because I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I think we both thought their offense was going to be good, right? We assumed that there would be injuries along the way. Yep, as it always has been. I think they lead baseball in runs scored, and I believe they and also health of lead the rotation. baseball in runs allowed. So that's a good way to be good. Like that, that doesn't. I did not expect. I did not expect the pitching to be as good as it was. I I could get behind the offense. You could tell me DJ LeMahieu bounced back, and Aaron Judge is still healthy, and Giancarlo Stanton stayed pretty much healthy. Josh Donaldson stayed pretty much healthy, and and I could say sure they they play in the band box that is the Yankee Stadium, so they can are going to always going to score a lot of runs. But Garrett Cole, sure, I'm I think he's. I don't think he's as good as he was, but I think he's extremely good, right? Like top 10. Still top 10. Yep, yep. Top 10. Absolutely. Jordan Montgomery's better than I thought. Jameson Tyone's had stretches. Nestor Cortez has been much better than I thought with his weird stuff that he does. He's been the biggest revelation, right? If we want to say, if you want to pick one guy in the first half, like who's been the true revelation of the first half, yeah, deserving of it? I'll go with Clay Holmes in that for them. I, and so now you have I never exactly thought Clay. Two. Okay, Clay Holmes out of nowhere, best closer in baseball. And I think he had a game where he gave up like four earned, but another ex pirate. Yep, another ex pirate. So that that would be my revelation is Chapman's basically become a, like a sixth inning guy for him because Clay Holmes has been so good. Now they just lost one of their big pitchers, right? Severino, Severino had arm. I didn't see what it was. It's, it's, there's arm or shoulder issues. I think they're getting Domingo Herman's. Supposed to be back right after the All Star break. Now, who knows, right? They also have they have minor league. They could go. You know, we don't talk about them as much, but they can certainly go big game hunting and try to get something big to help out their team. And we know that they're going to pay the way. I just want to mention. You mentioned that you beat me. I don't know how Matt Carpenter is doing this. I have no idea how Matt Carpenter is doing this. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It is it's so it is so weird because uh, they don't even start him all the time. Like he's he's yes, still they shouldn't. He's, he's not good. He's he's trying uh, despite the the results to date. Not that it's sustainable, but the results to date has earned playing time. But he's still trying to earn playing time based on what he's doing. It is he's got like a three forty average. I think he's in double digit homers now uh, in part time wow. duty. Uh, so it's a uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, since he was sitting there for the for the taking, I reaped the rewards this week. Uh, and nine thirty three, he is on pace over a full season for like ninety home runs. <laughs> what is happening? What is going on here? Uh, here is our uh, uh, unsung heater uh, for the first half, Matt Carpenter, who was out of baseball <laughs> earlier this year. Uh, he he was not uh, not. I did read uh, that connected he connected anything. He he did some off season work with like. Freddie Freeman and Jim Carl, and he's basically pulling the ball. Continue. That's basically all he does now. Is just pull the ball in the air to the launch left. angle, and, and he and takes his... advantage of the fact that Yankee Stadium is yeah. like ridiculously small. So, okay, now that we finished our top thirty, I want to just go over our preseason picks here. So, at the beginning of the season, I picked the Toronto Blue Jays to win the AL East. You picked the Tampa Bay Rays, and we both look like idiots because the Yankees are running away with it. The AL Central, we both selected the Chicago White Sox. And Tony Lewis is ruining us. Now, we both got picked the Astros, so that looks good. There we go. One out of three ain't bad. Uh, we both picked the Brewers. They're technically in the lead, even yeah. if we don't feel great about it. We both picked the Phillies. Probably not going to win, but I don't really think they're that bad. The West, we both picked the Dodgers. Hey, we got the we got the free space right. 
Uh, my AL wild cards were the Rays, who I believe are in the wild card if it ends right now. Yep. The Angels, they're idiots. And the Mariners, who I they have to be right close to the wild card. You picked the Yankees, so you did have that, right? You had them at least in the wild card. The Blue Jays and the Mariners, so those, that was a nice job there. You're doing pretty good there. The NL wild cards, I had the Giants, who must be pretty close to the wild card. The Braves, who I have to be. And the Marlins, I said I'm probably a year early. You had the Padres, nice. The Giants, who were close, and the Braves. So that's a pretty good job there. Uh, MVPs, how do we feel here? I picked Rafael Devers. He's had a great year. I don't know if he'll win an MVP or not. You picked Shohei Otani. That's a that's a free space. Good job. Uh, the until uh, <laughs> if he if he keeps producing uh, uh, beyond Babe Ruthian numbers, he deserves to just keep the award there until he stops. Uh, the NL MVP I picked Freddie Freeman. Um, you never know. He, he's, pretty, he's really good, so that could happen. You picked uh, Juan Soto. Yeah, you never know. He's he's plays very well, well. As long as he plays for another team, uh, that, that'll winner. happen. We both picked Carlos Rodon to win the NL Cy Young Award. At Sandy Alcantara lit. Rodon's been fine, but Sandy Alcantara lives, so uh, until Sandy Alcantara does something else, he will yep, win that. Yep. Uh, I picked Cease. Cease looks great in the American League Central. that one. I, I could be right about Cease. Uh, you picked Verlander. That one's pretty good, too. Like, you should not feel bad about Cease. AL Rookie of the Year, I picked Julio Rodriguez. I feel pretty confident. You picked Bobby Witt. If there's somebody who's going to challenge Julio Rodriguez, Those it's Bobby Those are the top Witt. two right there. Uh, was not Spencer Torkelson, Triple uh, NL Rookie of the Year, we both picked Hunter Green. No, I picked Hunter Green. You picked Seiya Suzuki. So Hunter Green, I said, shows it. Suzuki is the is a probably a more likely choice. He'll play more. But, yeah, that's where we stand. So some hits, some misses, but there's still 72 games left to play or something like that. So we'll see where it uh, where it, it ends up uh, as we get into September and, uh, and uh, into postseason time. But uh, there's your uh, midseason report, uh, midseason assessment. Uh, and that, like I said, you heard things uh, uh, interspersed uh, in, in comments on uh, the trade deadline coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, let's uh, let's next week. Let's play. We talked about doing GM stuff before. We've done some of that together. Let's make our our our, our predictions. Who gets moved? What's the the deal? What's one uh, one likely? One surprising? Uh, one needed? Uh, I think so. I think those were the three categories, and we'll look at uh, stuff overall. Sounds good to me. With that, uh, we will uh, let you enjoy the uh, beginning of the All-Star break. Uh, feel free to watch some of the, the fun home run derbies. It sounds like people we are actually pick. excited oh, for that again. We've so. got to get our picks in here. Oh, let's do it. Who you got? You go first. Oh, I'm, try- I'm trying to think oh, back in my list. head who's all, who's all in it. Uh, if Shohei was in it, I'd say uh, that's my pick. I don't know if he's in it or not. He is not, I don't believe. Is Julio Rodriguez in it? Yes. Okay, Number I'm one there. Seed. I'm going rookie. Julio Rodriguez, that's a good pick. Number one seed, Kyle Schwarber. Number two, Al- or against Albert Pujols, which, LOL. Uh, number four seed, Juan Soto against Jose Ramirez. Uh, here's my pick. Number two is Pete Alonso. Uh, amazing. He's just, like, built for it. Yep. Ronald Acuna, Corey Seager, and Julio Rodriguez. Here's my say. Here's, Pete Alonso is the, is the favorite, so I won't pick him. I love Julio Rodriguez pick. I think Corey Seager's just a really good hitter. I don't know if he's built for that. Kyle Schwarber is built for that, too. Like, those big, beefy guys with the big uppercuts have a substantial advantage, I think. So, you take Julio Rodriguez. I'll take uh, Kyle Schwarber, I guess. Sound good? Let's do it. Okay. We'll keep track next week. We will see you next week. 